Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. Amen. I'm on this little kick right now, um, personally, um, of maximizing my potential. Uh, One of my mentors, he has a way of saying it to me, and and he often says it when when we meet. Um, He has this little thing where he'll say to me, Greg, die empty. And um, initially when he said that, it kind of threw me off uh, because I I just don't plan on dying no time soon. I'm going to go and be with the Lord one day, just not today. Praise the Lord. So die empty, and one day I I finally asked him, what do you mean when you say die empty? And he says, man, that there are gifts, talents, and abilities that God has placed on the inside of you. So you need to make sure before you close your eyes for the final time that every ounce of anointing juice that God placed in you for people, that you are drained of it. Can somebody say amen to that? And so so if I'm going to fulfill that, because I I believe that the graveyard is one of the wealthiest places in the world, full of people that with untapped potential, untapped uh, anointing that were never given out, that was never used, utilized by God. I don't want to be one of those individuals. So I believe if I'm going to die empty, that means that every day I have to wake up with a mindset that I need to maximize my potential. Now understand, as a pastor, that's that's my desire for you guys as well, that you would maximize your potential, that everything, hear me out, hear me out, Everything that God has in store for you, that you receive it. I don't want you to leave nothing on the table. Come on, somebody. And not only that, whatever God desires to do through you to be a blessing to somebody else, I pray that you would, that you would break the barrier of fear, doubt, rejection, any emotional or spiritual hindrance in your life that would cause you not to be all that God has called you to be. I pray that you would bust through it. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, this is the foundation of what we've been dealing with um, for, for the past couple of weeks. Skip past the pastoral appreciation. We laid a foundation talking about spiritual gifts because I believe that spiritual gifts are one of the things that you have to have, you have to embrace if you're going to reach your potential. And we define spiritual gifts as special abilities that increase effectiveness in serving others. And there are some of you guys, you are gifted but you got your gift laying on the table. You're not exercising your gift. The Apostle Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift. He said that, man, you could be further off in your life right now. You could be, you could be a better pastor, a better mentor, if you would actually exercise the gift that God has already placed on the inside of you. Some of you guys, you could be better on your job. There's a, I remember years ago, man, I remember years ago, I was, I was just hired um, on as the, uh, with the Boy Scouts of America. I was a district executive um, helping to raise funds to support the boys. And we were in this business meeting, and um, I, was, I was a new hire. I was a new hire in the organization, and um, the, the, the boss brought one of the um, uh, issues on the table, and he started discussing the problem that we had, and, and everybody around the table was just dumbfounded, didn't know what to do. And watch this. At the moment, I got a word of knowledge, and I said, sir, what if we do this? And when I said, when I gave the suggestion, everybody looked at me like, are you serious? How would you even know to think of something like that? See, the gifts of the Spirit are not just good when you're in church. I mean, we can glamorize it, and you can look important, especially in church. But, man, when I'm on my job, how many know promotion came? Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. (laughs) The Holy Ghost made me look smart and intelligent. 
how much, how much more effective would you be as a mom, as a dad, if, if, if word of knowledge, word of wisdom would manifest in you? I'm not talking about just running around, just being spooky to myself. I see you, Pookie. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm talking about God beginning to deal with you. There, there are many things, I'm telling you right now, there are many things that my wife has woken up and said, God just showed me a dream about one of my babies. And she told me the dream, and we went and told to, to, to one of the kids, and it was either something that, that they were currently involved in or something that they were considering doing. And watch this. She helped them to get past that because God revealed something to them, to her, that they wouldn't talk to us about. The gifts of the Spirit. We need to embrace them because God has already graced us with them. Can you say amen to that? So I want to add to the definition of spiritual gifts. Okay, we defined it as special abilities that increase effectiveness in serving. I want to add to that definition of spiritual gift. Seasoned people, spiritual gifts are seasoned people that God placed in your life to help maximize your potential. And that's what Ephesians 4 and 7 is all about. The Apostle Paul, he writes, but, he says, but, to, but unto every one of us is given grace. Somebody shout grace. God gives us all of us, he, all of us, all of us are given grace according to the measure of, somebody shout, the gift of Christ. Verse 8 says, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave, somebody shout, gifts, gave gifts unto men. Verse 11 says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. The NIV interprets this particular text just a little bit better instead of saying some because if you, if you look at the face value, just the word some, it means that he gave some apostles here, he gave some prophets. The article that should be used is not some, but actually the. He gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher, because the gifts themselves are not just something that the individual embraced. The gifts are the people that God gives to the church for the purpose of leadership. Can somebody say amen to that? He says that he gave these gifts for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Let me read this in the NLT. He says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The gifts are the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, Teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of, of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So as a pastor, this is my responsibility. My, my responsibility on one hand is to equip you, to train you, to teach you in the word of God. And then on the other hand, my role and my responsibility is to devil-proof you. <laughs> Help somebody. Because we got some slick stuff out there that sound real, real good that will leave you way in left field. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. And my responsibility, man, is to peep out the wolves. Sometimes they even come in here with, with stuff that sound good. And, and you know, they'll, they'll be like, they'll be like, you know, you know, you know, Pastor Gee, all right, but if I was the pastor, <laughs> come on now. I'm telling you, this happened in the house, and they lead people astray. My responsibility is 
to peep that kind of stuff out and to prepare you, to safeguard you. Can somebody say amen to that? Now watch this. I want to deviate just for a moment. I want to deviate. Uh, pray with me. Um, this happened a couple of uh, months ago, and it, it kind of hurt my feelings, but I got over it real fast because they, they, they just didn't understand. <laughs> they didn't understand. So what had happened was, I had, um, um, I, I forgot the, even the, the reason they were up there, but it, it was about, it was about seven, no, it wasn't that many, maybe about five or six sisters. They were working on a project, and uh, for whatever reason, all the rooms downstairs were, were filled um, at, the, at the south location. So chat, they had to go in my office and uh, to do whatever uh, they needed to do. And um, the devil is busy right now. He busy, I'm telling you. So, so. I walk in my office and they just bust out laughing. And I'm like, what y'all, what's up? What's some of what? What's wrong? What's that? So this is what they were they were laughing at. On my vision board, and I believe in vision boards. If God puts something in your heart or if it's something you just want to accomplish, you you ought to write the vision and make it plain. So I was only doing what the Bible said do. So this picture is in, in my office on my vision board. <laughs> now, that's too much laughter up in here. That's just too much laughter up in here. Now, now as you can tell, that's my head, but that, that ain't my body. Watch this. Yet. <laughs> you understand? So, 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 so watch this. When it, comes to, when it comes to keys to fitness goals, keys to fitness goals, there, there are five things that you need to embrace. And if you embrace these five things all, all at the same time, and that's the key, all at the same time, you'll be well on your way to whatever type of body or health goal that you have. Num number one is resistance training. You need to do something that actually brings tension to your muscles. Number two, um, cardio or some type of endurance. It could be running. It could be hit. Um, the resistance training, it could be actual weights, it could be bands, it could be dumbbells, but you need something to exercise your muscle. You need something also to exercise the most important muscle in your body, which is your heart. Number three, you need proper nutrition. Now, how many of you guys are like me? Uh, you work out, but you just don't eat right. <laughs> or you the opposite, you eat pretty good, but you ain't doing no kind of working out at all. Okay. So, so my problem is I've just done one or two well but didn't do all, all three. Four, two, two other components that I want to add to the mix. Number one, you need an accountability partner. You need somebody in your life to tell you, put the cheesecake down. <laughs> now, now let, me, let me confess. No, I ain't going to confess. I'm, I'm going to throw my wife under the bridge. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, so, so watch it. No, I'm, I'm standing right up in her. I'm standing in this area right up here because I need her to do better. So I'm going to confess, during the appreciation, if it looked like it had sugar in it, I ate it. It didn't even have to say cake on the box. If I just smelled some sweet, I need some of that right there. <laughs> so, man, I picked out. So I'm talking about I, 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 I need an altar call right now. Do you understand? <laughs> so so um, after the appreciation celebration, Monday morning, I decided I'm, I'm repenting <laughs> of my ways. And I'm going back to eating the way I know I'm supposed to eat. And one of the things that I, I've done, I, I, I just, I, I cut sugars out of my diet. I cut sugars. Now, again, I'm doing appreciation. I ate everything that looked like it was sweet. You know what I'm saying? 
And, and if it wasn't sweet, I added some sweet to it. Praise the Lord. I ate a, added some sweet barbecue to them ribs. You understand? So I said, Monday, I'm, I'm back on it. So I've been doing good. I've been, matter of fact, Lav, I went for a job. Man, I ain't ran in weeks, man. It felt terrible. That's how I felt. <laughs> so so I, I went jogging, did a little workout, been eating great. So Friday night, me and my wife, we go on a date. And uh, we just hanging out. And uh, because I know she ain't trying to live right. <laughs> she ain't trying to live right at all. So we were over in Diaboville, and it's uh, one of her spots over there. She liked to eat ice cream. So I said, baby, would you like some ice cream? She said, sure. I said, um, she said, you going to eat some? I said, no, I ain't eating none. She said, well, ice cream ain't good to be eating alone. Now, what's she trying to do to her brother? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so guess what? We ain't had ice cream that night because I, I'm not eating it. <laughs> right, right. So y'all know what I need? I need a better accountability partner. That's what I need. Here it is, number five. I recommend the trainer. I believe that you need a trainer. And, and some people try to do it on their own. But a trainer, he'll help you pass that curve, man, because there's some things that a trainer will identify in your diet, in di identify in your workout regimen, um, and they will fix a tweak that'll help you over the hump faster. Trainer says amen right here, okay? Even if it's, okay, even if it's just a workout video and they just giving you some meal prep or they're giving you advice or whatever, I, I, I highly recommend having some type of training because nobody say amen to that. Now watch that. That's fitness goal. Now let's talk about spiritual goals. We got five. Number one, you need to have an active prayer life. Okay? Not a 911 prayer life. Not, you know, I'm in trouble. Lord, help me, please. You understand? But I'm talking about every day you're talking to God. Throughout the day, you're having a conversation. You're having a dialogue with God. Number two, you need to have a disciplined word study. System, I should, should have put the word systematic because it should be every day that you, that you not just read your Bible, but you study the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell you to read it. It tells you to study it. It tells you to meditate on it. Reading is things that we do to just try to um, help our guilt trip or our conscience. So if we feel bad that we ain't read our Bible, we just go grab a Psalms and feel pretty good. No, you should do more. You should have study tools. You should have your Bible dictionary. You should have commentaries. You should have, you should have a mapped out plan of what you're going to study today, and not only today, but what you're going to study tomorrow. And let me talk just for a second for, to, to my preachers, reachers, and teachers. If you're only studying to preach, then you fell in the test, man. Because what I'm giving you guys right now, I studied it, but watch this. What I'm giving you guys is for you. There's some things that I need personally that's not contained in this particular word. So if I'm just studying for you, I might be, it's like a mother that's eating just enough to feed the baby that she's birthing. She's dying while the baby is still in all of her nutrition. So you should have a active prayer life, a disciplined study life. You should do periodic fasting. You know why? Because fasting is one of the tools that bring your flesh under subjection. And sometimes you can have a whole bunch of word knowledge, but be ready to cuss somebody out. Jesus, my praise team leader said, help, Lord. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> Jamie, come down here now, 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 now. Periodic fasting, and not only does it help to bring your flesh under subjection, what it also does, 
it sensitizes your ear to the voice of God. And, and there are times when you need to make sure that you're hearing God and not people or not your own conscious thought. You need to hear God. And fasting is one of those tools. And, I'm, and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of the ones, I, don't, I do it, but I don't like to do it. Usually God has to speak to me and say, fast, son. I say, yes. <laughs> when it comes to fasting, I'm just like my kids. I don't clean up until daddy tell me to. <laughs> you understand? But it's a necessity. Number four, Christian fellowship. Man, you need people around you that's going to help hold you accountable. You need people around you. Because see, understand, when I first, I shared this on Thursday night. When I first moved down here, uh, I was living in Hattiesburg, my family and I, and I moved down here. Some of my friends that I left uh, when I first went to college, man, they, were, they couldn't wait till I, till I came home. And the first thing, they were like, Greg, remember when? And it's something I needed to forget forever. I, I had guys, I had guys that were trying to, you know, re reconnect with me as friends, watch this, who were still in some of the, involved in some of the dumb stuff that I left. So watch this, if I happen to slip back into something dumb, you think they're going to hold me accountable? You think they're going to be like, oh man, you shouldn't be doing that? No, matter of fact, they want me to do it with it. Y'all, come on now. Amen. So I, I needed, I needed that Christian, that Christian fellowship. And then here's number five, um, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, you need a pastor. You need, you need pastoral, pastoral leadership. I'm going to boldly say this. I'm going to boldly say it. As a pastor, I am a necessary component to the growth and maturity of believers within the local church. Now, let's press pause just for a second. Let's press pause. Watch this. Watch this. If I choose to only do resistance training and cardio without eating right, would I make some pro progress? Absolutely. But I will not be at my maximum potential without adding these other elements. And I'm telling you today, can you pray on your own? Can you study on your own? Can you fast on your own? Absolutely. And if you do these things, you will make some progress. But God has implemented a system. Y'all ain't saying nothing up in here. God has implemented a system that if you want maximum growth in your life, there are some other components that you need to embrace and consider. Can somebody say amen to that? As a pastor, I am a necessary component to the growth and maturity of believers within the local church. Jeremiah 3.15 says, and I will give you, this is God, now this is God talking. This is God talking. God says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. And it's interesting, it's interesting, he says that I'm going to give the gift to you. So the reality is you don't even have the option to choose. Some of y'all think y'all chose this church, but you didn't choose it. God chose this church for you. He says that I'm going to raise up the leader, and I'm going to give you a pastor after mine heart, and this is my responsibility as pastor. My responsibility is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now press pause. Can you study and get revelation? Yes. Can you meditate? Can you pray and get revelation? I'm telling you, yes, you can. But that... It's a God thing, and he chooses how he wants to do it. There are some things God's going to say to you directly because you have a relationship with him, but there's going to be some things that he's going to withhold from you, and he's going to speak through one of these ministry offices to you, and you may be running okay, but you could be running a whole lot faster. You could, you could, be, a, you could be maximizing your potential a lot greater if you would yield yourself to the system that God has put in position. I'm going to give you a pastor after my heart. And his responsibility is to feed you with knowledge, with understanding. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Now, let me, let me say this. Let me say this because the devil, as well as Christian leaders, 
has done a very good job in bringing disgrace and mistrust to all ministry offices. The devil and, and I, can't just, I just can't say the devil now, because there have been some leaders that have done some crazy things, and it wasn't the devil. Matter of fact, we blame too much on the devil. Sometimes we say, quick to say, the devil is a liar. You, you are too. <laughs> you a liar too. I, I just want to help just for a second. I'm going somewhere. So, so let's talk about just for a moment. Am I okay, y'all? It feels good to be before y'all again. I was, I was sitting down there just itching like, hurry up. Hurry up and get this week over with. I'm ready to teach and preach again. Let's talk about pastoral failure just for a second. Um, how, how many of you guys have seen some pastor or some ministry? It could be a deacon, apostle, prophet, so abuse their power. I, I need you guys to do this for me. Um, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy. I don't have any kind of funny point behind this, but I just, I just if, if you shook your head and you said yes or you raised your hand, can you just stand up? Just, just stand. If you saw a witness the minister abuse their power, stand up. That's good. Thank you. Just, just remain standing just for a second. Again, I'm not going to do anything crazy or whatever. Okay? How many of you guys have ever seen some leadership, spiritual leader, that's just simply incompetent? They don't know what they're doing. I ain't denying that they call. You call, but you ain't. She just stood up. She just said, I know he want me to stand. Yeah, that's what, that's what you do. If you, if you witness that, just, just, just stand. Just stand. Number three, some type of financial issue going on, whether it's they, they stole some money or you gave some money and you thought it was going here, but it, it went somewhere else, or, or they, they <laughs> it's a whole bunch of craziness going on, okay? All right? Good, good, all right? Um, if you've seen or heard of some type of sexual scandal within the pulpit, okay? Just stand, just stand. Somebody stood with two hands. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. All right? Remain standing. Remain standing. Okay? How many have friends or family who have a negative view of church leaders? If that's your stand. Okay? Okay? A few more people. Good. Good. Actually, that should have been all of us. Right? All right? How many have personally experienced the church leader? demonstrate impure motives. You, you, just, you just knew that their motives behind what they were doing, it wasn't right. It was selfishness. Right? All right? Here it is. How many have experienced church hurt from a Christian leader? Okay. Now, now watch. Just, just remain standing just for a second. Remain standing. Okay. Now, Acts 20, 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves, talking to pastors and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So here is my responsibility to feed you guys, but how effective can I be in feeding you guys when you have a lens of mistrust? You have a lens of experience of seeing guys in my position abuse their power some sexual, some financial, some, so, so you might be, be one of the ones that you hear and, and you're, you're listening to me, 
but the best I'm probably going to be in your life is a, is a motivational speaker. I haven't, I have, you haven't quite given me permission to be your pastor yet because of all of this baggage of, of mistrust. And, and there's several of you guys that are actually new to this church, but your guards are up still. And I, I, rightfully, if, if, I've, if I've witnessed and I've seen all of this, rightfully so. I, I understand that. But, but here, here's, here's, here's what I want to do. Just want, you, you can have a seat, you can have a seat, you can have a seat. This is why I'm, I'm bringing this up, because I'm saying to you guys today that I would like to be your pastor. I would like for you to give me permission to be your pastor. And just because you join the church don't mean that I'm your pastor. You're just a member of Empowerment Ministries Christian Center. You come when you can, and but, but I haven't had the, the right to actually speak into your life. And Lord behold, if I ever have to correct you on something that I, that's, that's wrong, then you're gone for sure. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm not. So th this, is, this is what I want to do. Y'all pray for me. I've been, if my eyes red, if, if you notice my eyes, because I've been crying all morning, I've been crying all morning, I've been crying all morning. Yeah, I've been crying all morning. Yeah, man, I'm, in cry I'm finna cry now. The devil is alive. I, I rebuke tears. <laughs> you better sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I'm finna trip you. <laughs> I'm a man. Don't cry. I'm a man. I'm a man. Men, let me hear you say, yeah. My man, yeah. <laughs> so, so this is what God told me to do uh, this morning. Twelve years of ministry. Twelve years of ministry. Twelve years of ministry. We celebrate twelve years of ministry. So what I'd like to do, first of all, is I need to apologize personally. And the part of uh, uh, offering an apology, you need to, what, what you apologize for. So let me make that clear. Before I apologize, give you what I'm apologizing for, let me tell you what I'm not apologizing for. Number one, I ain't apologizing for no sexual misconduct at all because that just hadn't happened. That ain't happened. That ain't happened. Have I heard of some things out there floating in the air? I sure have, but I'm telling you, it ain't happened. It ain't happened. And one, I happened to actually get to the source of somebody who, and it was, it was, it was, it was just crazy. It was crazy when when they were actually questioned. It, it went from I did some, I said some, to he just act like he just like that. And this is my problem. No, this, this was my real problem. I was hurt. Let me tell you why I was hurt. Because if you're going to accuse me of cheating on my wife, at least be Beyonce. <laughs> I need you to be Holly Bear. I don't, I don't need you to be Matilda. I don't need you to be... Junkyard, pastor, no, he want me. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. She accused me of what? Ain't none of that going on. Okay, watch this. 
No Bill Cosby mask gonna come up in 10 years from now. The devil is a liar. It's <laughs> just, it's just, just that, that ain't happening, okay? Number two, financial uh, misconduct, that ain't happening here. The devil is a liar. The devil is absolutely a liar. If we raise money for air conditioning, the money is going to air conditioning. And if there is any overflow, if there is any overage, I'm going to thank you. I'm not, re I'm not refunding it to you, praise the Lord. I'm going, I'm going to thank you and tell you where it's going. We, we over in the air conditioning fund, now we going to the children's ministry. That's some things we've been wanting to do for the babies. That's what I'm here to that's, that's just... If I stand before you and I tell you that the budget for a particular conference is $12,000, that's what the budget is. That is what the budget is. We ain't playing no games at all. The too many folk going to jail. And I ain't two places I never plan to go, hell or jail. I don't even look right in jail, you understand? <laughs> okay. So you ain't got to worry about that. Mm -mm. This is what I need to apologize for, several things. Uh, number one, over the past 12 years, there have been some things that I acted too quickly on. I didn't wait on God. I moved too quick. And there are some of you guys suffered the consequences of me moving too quick. Ambitious. I was a Peter. I just pulled out my sword, and I cut an ear off. <laughs> Here's the good thing. Jesus healed, healed some ears after I cut them off. But I shouldn't have pulled out my sword. This is what I'm apologizing for. Not only have there been some things too quick, there are some things I acted too slow on. I, I, I called myself having faith and asking God to move when really he wanted me to do something right now. Because I didn't do something. There was people that were offended, that were hurt, because there was some stuff that I should have just, I should have I nipped that in the bud right then and there. And I, and I did not. I'm apologizing to you as your pastor. Here's the third thing that I know. There's some things that I did in this ministry that were right. Let me say it like this. There were people in this ministry, some have gone on now, uh, that I addressed and I was right in addressing them for what they did, what they said, what they wrote. I just did it out of anger. I did the right thing with the wrong attitude hurt people. Some of those people are outside of this ministry. And I'm going to make it my responsibility as I'm apologizing to you guys. I'm going to apologize to them. But there are some of you guys in here that it's not, I didn't abuse my power. I, I just, I should have been a little bit more softer in handling you. It didn't take as much as I was, as I gave you. This was the offense this was my temperament in dealing with the offense. And if you're one of those individuals in here that I have offended, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart that I apologize. I am sorry. And as, as a sign of, of my apology for, for those who are close to me, my staff members, my board members, there's some things that they see me doing. And, and see, this, this is my thing about offering an apology. A girl came to me and she, um, her, her husband, uh, I'm talking about beat her, I'm talking about whooped her down, whooped her down. And, and she says that I, I, I forgive him and I need to go back to him. And I said, not with counseling, not without counseling. Because if his heart hadn't changed, when he get angry, he gonna do it again. You go back when the counselor has given you the okay, 
that this man is not the same man that did that six months ago. You with me? So I'm telling you, I'm a different man. I'm a changed man. Over the past 12 years, God has been massaging my heart. God has been God has been perfecting me as the leader. And that's one of the things that I'm getting better at because I watch what people compliment me about. I watch what people compliment me, me about. They compliment me about teaching. They compliment me about preaching. I don't hear a whole lot of compliments about my leadership ability. I just don't. So in my mind, I'm not I'm not going to feel bad about that. No, you, that means you need to work on that. Not that I'm working for compliments. But people compliment what they see you doing good or doing well. So I know that, that leadership, there's some things that I need to work on to be a better leader. I need to work on it. And watch this. I am working on it. Um, yeah, I am. I am. Within the past year, I could take you to my library. My son, he'll, he, could, he could tell you. He, he, he has one of my Audible accounts, and every time I upload a book, I send it to him. And the majority of the stuff that I'm reading now is all about leadership because I want to be a better, a better leader. Leadership is all about influence. And if you have small influence, it's because you're usually a poor leader. The greater your influence, the greater your leadership. So I want to personally apologize. And let me just take it a step further. If you're one of those individuals who feel we need to have a one-on-one -on -one sit-down confrontation, I'm absolutely open. Any way you want to do it, you just want you and I, and we hash it out, and you want to bring in a third party, I'm completely open to that because I want to be better, and I don't want to be a stumbling block for you. You say amen to that. Amen. Personally, this, so, so this is the second thing that God placed on my heart. I'm going to stand uh, today in the office of an apostle, in the office of a prophet, in the office of a pastor, an evangelist, in the office of a teacher. I'm going to stand in the office of a deacon. Today, I'm going to stand in the office of a Sunday school teacher. I'm going to stand in the office of a first lady. Every ministerial office that have ever offended you or hurt you, on their behalf, I'm offering an apology. And the reason I need to do this, I want to do it from the, <laughs> that, 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 something in the air, <laughs> something, <laughs> uh, <just laughs> something in the air. <laughs> Get up. Get back up. So I, I need to do this because some of you all will never get it from the actual person that did it. But if I stand in the ministry office, whoever the pastor was that offended you, whoever he was that sexual misconduct, you had respect for him, but he flirted for you and you lost respect for him and then you lost love for God. And it's such a blessing because there's some of you guys in here, with all that has happened in you, you should never come to church again. You, you could have that excuse, I'll never come to church, but you you saying, God, I'm going to trust you one more time. And I'm telling you, I don't want to mess that up for you. So for the leader that publicly humiliated you and embarrassed you, there's some of you guys, you got the testimony that you told your leadership something in confidence and then they preached on you in the pulpit they said everything but your name I want to offer an apology on their behalf today 
as I as I was just typing out my prayers this morning, I wrote down and God spoke this to me. He says, I'm going to heal somebody today of hatred in your heart towards the leader that offended you. I'm going to, there's healing in the atmosphere right now. Why is this necessary? Because if you're going to grow spiritually, you need to fast. You need to pray. You need to study your Bible. You need good Christian friends around you, man. You need people who love Jesus around you. Watch this. I'm going to say it like this, but I'm, you can minister to the heathens, but you need to hang with the saints. <laughs> if I can say it like that. You can, you can minister to folks who need Jesus, but you need to hang and kick it with folk who love him. Because there's places of vulnerability in your life that folk outside of Christ are not going to be able to help you with. And then fifthly, you need to be submitted to some type of pastoral leadership some man of God, some woman of God that can teach you, that can instruct. They're going to give you words from God that you won't get yourself from God. God's going to talk to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to direct you. But there are some revelations that's reserved in this office that God is good. Because watch this. Why does he reserve those words? Because when God speaks to you, he speaks to you about you. When he speaks to me, he speaks to me about y'all. When he talks to you, he talks to you about this apartment that you work in. When he talks to me, he talks to me about the building that occupies all the departments. So there are some, there's a certain level of revelation. I'm not esteeming myself. I don't have to esteem myself. I just know what happened. There are certain levels of revelation that if you don't get through spiritual leadership, you won't get it in your own personal prayer closet. And although you eat right, although, although you, you, you do cardio, although you do resistance training, you have accountability, but you lack a trainer in your life. You lack somebody that's able to see you. I see you squatting. You, it's, good, it's good. Most people don't squat. Most people work everything but their leg. I see you squatting. But because you're bad form, you getting ready to hurt your back. And you just think you're doing good just because I am squatting and nobody else is squatting. But the trainer looks at you and says, you're doing it wrong. I'm telling you today, I'd like to be your pastor. What, what, what does this actually mean to be, a pa to, to be your pastor? First of all, that means I'm, I'm holding myself accountable as well as my leaders, my mentors, my fathers in the gospel, and my board members to actually live out the example of a godly life. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna teach that you shouldn't sleep around, and, but I got a chick on the side. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not, I'm not gonna teach you to steal and then I'm lying on my taxes. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just not, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna tell you to discipline your kids, but I let my kids do whatever they want to do. No. I'm holding myself accountable to live the life in front of you that matches what I teach. And this is what you have my word. This is, this is my word that I'm giving to you. If I ever miss the mark, if I do it privately, I'm going to come to you privately and I'm going to apologize. 
if I do it publicly, and there's some of you guys that's been with me long enough to see me do this. If I miss the mark publicly, the next time I grace this platform, I'm going to apologize publicly. Because you don't blast somebody publicly and then try to privately. No, 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 no. You don't do that. As a pastor, it means I'm going to provide vision for the house. I'm going to provide vision for the house. What do you mean provide vision? God is going to talk to me about the direction that we're going in this church. This past summer, God began to deal with me about um, our vision focal points. We want people to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. That's, that's the vision statement. But now he's been dealing with me about the components of ministry that supports the visionary statement. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you. I'm, I'm, I'm never, you're going to go through stuff. You're going to go through stuff. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to comfort you when you go through it. But when I see you soaking too long, I'm going to challenge you to get up. I'm telling you that in advance. I'm going to challenge you to get up. You can keep crying, but don't cry and sit. At least cry and walk. Cry and move forward. It means I'm going to pray for you. It means I'm going to pray for you. As a pastor, it means that this church family is going to be a part of significant events in your life. That's what it means. You get married, I'm going to be a part of it. Somebody die in your family, we're going to be a part of it. You sick, we're going to be a part of it. It doesn't mean that I'm going to personally be at everything because I can't personally be at everything, but we have staff that are trained and that are ready to be a part of your... It's, it's such a blessing to be able to say, yeah, I got family. I got a church family, too. Because how many know sometimes your real family can trip? And when your real family trip, it's such a blessing to be able to come into the house of the, the, house of the Lord and shake a brother's hand or cry on the sister's shoulder, and you got real family. That's, that's what we're going to be, man. My promise to you is every time I stand behind this podium, I'm going to have something from God. By Wednesday, if I don't have nothing from God, I start making phone calls. I'm not mad if God don't want to speak to me. All I want him to do is to speak to you. Let me, let me tell you what I had to do, what I had to do. I had to divorce myself from my ministry office and marry myself to God again. Because there's some leaders that's so tied to the office that their self-esteem is, in the, um, and I, I told you guys this last Sunday, I'm not gonna do this forever. This is my plan. God can change it. He can alter it however he wants. But this is my plan. I'm going to give EMCC another 20 years. 20 years. Another 20 years, that'll be a total of 35 years of pastoral ministry. I've, I've pastored 12 years here, three years in, in, in Hattiesburg. Another 20 years will be 35 years of pastoral ministry. And I'm going to give it 100. I'm going to give it 100. And then when my 20 years is over, I'm going to have sons and daughters that I'm going to pass the baton to. And when I say I got a word from the Lord, y'all better come in. Y'all better let me preach now. Y'all better, y'all better, hey, I say I got something. Let me, let me come now. Let me come. I'm going to be prepared to stand before you guys and minister. So that's what I'm going to do for you. That's what this church is going to do.
going to be for you. This is what I'm going to ask for you. It's only one qualification to be a part of DMCC. I'm going to tell you what that qualification is. It's real simple. Real simple. It's only, it's only one thing that you got to do to be a part of EMCC. These next three things that I'm going to ask you to do, you can do it if, if you want to or not. You'll get more out of the ministry if you will do it. These are the three things. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment of your time. That simply means show up. So I just want you to, you know, uh, uh, we, Lav, Aisha, um, my wife, it's several, who, who else, who else? It's like the original 12 when we first started. Deacon Jernigan, Liana, Liana in here? She in the back. Christine, you right? Okay, yeah, Christine. Watch this. Chris, I preach just as passionately to five, 11 and a half years ago, as I do the 150 or 250 on a Sunday morning. Ain't no different. Watch this. Watch. The first building we was in, it was the size of this room. And you know what I did? I paced from wall to wall. <laughs> Land that word. So I need you to show up. Are you going to be able to make every meeting? No. No. Are you going to be able to be here every time we have the, no, you're not going to always be here. What I, what I don't want you to do, I don't want you to say it's cold. I don't want you to say it's raining today. Why? Because you wouldn't do that on your job. And if you would, you ain't going to have that job for long. So, Here's, here's what I, I, I make a promise to you concerning time. Um, we're never going to have church just to have church. So if we call a special event, whether it's a women's conference, youth conference, or whatever, it's something that God has actually placed in our heart. We did a men's conference about two, three years ago because God spoke to me. He spoke to me. We did a women's conference last week, last, last year, because God, he gives her a theme every year. We, we did a men's conference three years ago. God spoke to me, but he didn't speak to me the next year, so I didn't do it. So, I, and my wife, she's like, we need a men's conference. I've been praying on something special just for my men, for my men, and I got something in the works, and it's going to be a blessing for all of my brothers that will participate. But, but he didn't say a conference like you guys do, the women's conference, so I could do it, but won't be no grace on it. So I ain't having church just to have church. If I call a staff meeting and I say we're going to meet at 6 o'clock, we're going to start at 6 o'clock, and I'm, I'm going to get you guys out as soon as I, as soon as I can. And I'm just going to hang around and just, no, because I want to value your time while you're here. Number two, what I'm asking you to do to commit, commit your talent. There are some of you guys that are so gifted, and you sit down on your gift. And this ministry could be a lot further off than what it is right now, but you won't put your hand to the plow. Sister Wendy, she is the, the head administrative assistant. Is that correct? At the shipyard. Okay. Head administrative. Why in the world would I not ask her to join the administrative team at EMCC when she is gifted to do that? And she told me before she joined the team how she cracked the whip on her CEO. <laughs> and you know what? 
she don't hit me a few times. She don't hit me a few. <laughs> she, she sends out the weekly schedule, and, and all the staff leaders are supposed to respond that they're going uh, uh, they, to be on schedule or not. And I'm scheduled to preach. And she will, Pastor, you didn't respond whether you're preaching or not. And I'm thinking, but you know I'm preaching. You didn't respond. I, okay. <laughs> Let me get my phone and respond. And there are many of you guys, man, you have gifts, you have talents, and this church could be so much further off. I understand, I grew up around the ministry model of Moses, where Moses did everything. He did everything because he liked to do everything. He made him feel special and important. <laughs> that ain't my model. No, no. Chrissy Bliss this morning, she got to sit in the big seat this morning, y'all. Yeah. I asked her to lead prayer. And I came to join prayer. Why am I going to sit at the head of the table if I'm not leading prayer? She was looking clean like me, too, so she, it was okay for her to sit at the head of the table. <laughs> Time, talent. Number three is treasure. Treasure. I'm going to ask you to financially support the vision. I would like to have, right now I have 30% tithers in this church, 30%. 30% tithers out of everybody who attends. Only 30% of the people consistently tithe. And let me tell you what I do not have. I do not, let me shake your hand. I don't have a, a tithing handshake and a, and a non-tithing handshake. I don't have a tithing hug and a non-tithing hug. If I'm going to hug you, I'm just going to hug you. If I'm going to shake your hand, I'm just going to shake your hand. Has, my, my, my level of ministry to you has nothing to do with what you give or what you don't give because the reality is I only see the report two times, two times for two reasons. Number one, at the end of the year, I want to make sure all of my staff members, all of my staff members and board members, they tithe in because how is it you committed to the ministry? You say you are, but you don't financially support it. And if there's a reason you're not financially supporting, let's sit down and let's talk about that. Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart will be. So if your money gone, your heart not here. Something's going on. I think as a pastor, I have a have the right to, to ask of that. And then number two, when somebody comes with a financial need in the church and they say, I need the church to help me with something, I'm okay with that. Let's look at your tithing record. Watch this. Whether we help them is not based on whether they tithing or not. But watch this. We may find out whether, why the devil is taking your money. Why you got holes in your pocket because you ain't honoring God with your finances. I think I have a right to do that. But other than that, I have no reason to look at who's giving what or don't give what. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.